In a world where we're constantly told that men are from Mars and women are from Venus and never shall the two understand each other, I know there's another way. This is what happens when Venus and Mars unite. Tune in for conversations about masculine and feminine embodiment in ourselves and in the world around us, relationships, marriage, parenthood, love, purpose, dating, and everything in between. This is the Venus and Mars podcast, and I'm your host, Anya Shack. Love, desire, commitment, attraction, all of these elements of men and women interacting with each other and finding each other, they seem to be so hard these days, right? If we all just want to love and be loved for who we are, why are things so hard? Why is it so uncertain? Why is there such a lack of clarity around expectations and assumptions between men and women? It seems like a lot of people are frustrated, and that's why I'm so excited to have this conversation with a man that I respect quite a bit about what's happening uh, and how we can make it better. And before I introduce him, I want to say, you know, these conversations can get pretty ideological and theoretical. That's why it's so fun for me um, to have someone here that I believe represents a lot of men out there. He's confident. He's got clear goals for his life. And my favorite thing about him is that he always keeps it real. So welcome, Noah Chowdhury. Hello. Hello, Anya. That was very sweet. I don't think my mother could have introduced me better than that. That was very nice of you to say. <laughs> oh. uh, I'm great. How you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to talk to you today. Same here. It's been a while, but it's great to catch up and yeah. speak. I'm very excited. Yeah. Good. Before we dive in, why don't you just uh, share a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you live, what you do. My name is Nov. I live in Brooklyn. I am 31, almost 32, in about four months. I've been in Brooklyn for about, what, 19 years, almost 19 years? Moved here from Bangladesh when I was 13-ish years old. I am currently in law enforcement. I have been so for about over nine years now. I am also a gym owner for about two years now. A little word of advice, do not open a gym before a pandemic. <laughs> I've been in Brooklyn, live in Brooklyn, been here my whole, pretty much most of my life. And so far, I love it. You love it? You think you'll, you'll be a New Yorker for good forever? Maybe not post-retirement for tax I purposes. See. Clear. There you so, go. Already with the clarity around the goals. Love it. You know, it's, you know, listen, you go to out of state, some of these states, you know, no income tax, no state income tax. That's very uh, desirable for someone like me. I love it. Thanks for the intro. What had you choose law enforcement? So I was pretty much in John Jay for, as a pre-law student. I was studying humanity and justice studies uh, for, I, I finished my third year. Also, when I turned 18, I became a personal trainer. Um, and, the, you know, in my travels as a trainer, I met plenty of people, a lot of law enforcement people, and they always told me about the job and how exciting and fun it was. But in the meantime, I was still pursuing my dream to be an attorney. Did my pre-law stuff, got through my third year. Uh, when I was, I believe, 19 or 20, one of my other buddies I used to work with kind of talked me into taking the law enforcement exam for the NYPD. It was, uh, I think, free for that month. And I guess they were trying to hire, recruit as, as much, as many people as possible. So I'm like, whatever. I'll go take the the exam with him. You know, at first I said, no, I'm like, ah, screw it. I hate the cops. I don't want to be a cop. Who cares? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. He goes, just come with me. I don't want to go by myself. Then he goes, I'll buy you breakfast. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. So I went with him. Took the exam. He never bought me breakfast. Pretty much lied to me. And turned out I scored really well. Mm. You know, they pretty much give you a raw score on scene to let you know where you stand more or less. And then I didn't really think much of it because I'm like, I'm not going to pursue this. So I threw it out. Mm. Mm. I can't say I, never, I, I can't ever say I wanted to be a cop growing up. 
that changed obviously when I got a little older. And then six months go by, they sent me an actual official letter in the mail saying, hey, this is your official score. This is your list number. This is your yeah. exam number. If you want to pursue it, this is the information to fill out. They gave me like this thick packet to fill out. I'm like, I'm okay. not filling this out. Okay. So I threw it out. <laughs> okay. And, um, you know, eventually I got like an email from them with the link to follow up on that you can fill out. The same packet had a, had a PDF format on their website. Okay. I'm like, cool, great. Click the link, filled it all out, sent it over. And even though I was a full-time student, I had a pretty flexible schedule because I would schedule all my courses in a, in a, in a day or two. And the whole week I had to myself to pretty much do my sidekick, which was uh, personal training. So mm -hmm. whatever schedules I had or whatever appointments and tests to be made, I had no problem doing because I, had, I made more schedule at that time. So I got it all done. And at that point, I was like, you know what? It can't hurt to have a backup. I can't assume law school will work out long term or, you know, what if I failed the LSATs? What if I, you know, mm. something happens to me? You know what I mean? So mm. as time progressed at this time, I'm what, 21 years old. And I just finished my third year of college. And on my fourth year, what do you call it? The the workload just was like ridiculous. Mm. And and I'm talking like every class was philosophy based. Every mm. class included hundreds and hundreds of pages of reading every single mm -hmm. day. I'm like, I can't keep doing this. Mm. So as that was happening, I'm frustrated. NYPD okay. calls me and goes, hey, the academy starts <laughs> in a few weeks. If you're interested, this is what you got to do. Okay. So I'm like, all right. At that time, I was pretty much done with most of the process. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I dropped out of college. Okay. And boom came the academy. And here I am nine years later. Wow. What a story. I know. I love that story because a lot of people will assume that cops – like didn't go to school really or like did you know there's like their assumptions around like becoming a cop it happens sometimes but i got lucky with with my endeavor i feel like so okay cool kind of how it worked out for me and you like it and you're happy what's your favorite part about it i mean how deep you want me to go into it you know i pretty <laughs> much i'm currently in narcotics so we pretty much you know investigate yeah. drug yeah. dealers all over uh you know certain areas okay it's more or less geared towards violence okay I don't want to say it, but we pretty much tend to leave some dealers alone because they're not really geared towards violence and go towards mm. guys mm. who are responsible for some shootings or homicides or stabbings or local, mm. you know, violence in the area in general. You know, it's fun. It's, you know, if you ever watch TV, you ever see the guys who go, out, boom, police, search warrant, the yeah. infamous no-knock raids that you yeah. keep hearing about, I'm yeah. that guy. That's you. You're that guy. We, we do like at least one or two a week. Wow. I know you hear a lot about those things going wrong. Yeah. But keep in mind, in five years, I've done close to about 500 by now. And not one has gone wrong. You never hear about those going right. That's true. That's the same as you never hear about all the good things that happen. You only hear about the bad things that happen. So. Right. Like I've done four this week. All four turned out okay. Wow. And you feel fulfilled? Does this job fulfill yeah. you? They pay me well. So I don't see why not. Spiritually, emotionally, do you feel fulfilled? Absolutely. My fulfillment is from, you know what, having a goal and achieving it. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's my end goal. Like, you know, you set a task for yourself and you yeah. get it done. And yeah. if you are happy with the results, that's prosperity to me right there. That makes sense. I honestly, that's for me. I love to learn about masculine thinking versus feminine thinking. And that right there for me is just another like example of exhibit A, masculine thinking. And it makes a lot of sense because you, you guys think more linear than, than women mostly do. And so it's, it's really interesting to be able to understand how, why, what, 
And then on the flip side, for men to also understand, to be able to understand how women think. Women think in a more circular way. We don't think in like a A to B way. And so Mm -hmm. that's where all of the confusions kind of lie. So that leads me directly into the topic that I really want to talk about today. It's um, dating and men and women. And especially, you know, you're 31. I'm also 31. And it's just an interesting time right now. So I'm curious, how's dating going for you? For me, it's never been an issue, to be honest. Okay. In my younger years, I obviously had a lot to learn about people in general, but now I'm just pretty much myself and I've learned that if you kind of like stay true to who you are, yeah, you know, don't be a creep, don't be a weirdo, uh, don't say, you know, obviously things that are outrageous, but if you're like a pretty much a level-headed person that's yeah. speaking their mind, people are drawn to it. Yeah, they are. But that's me saying this. I can't speak for everybody else or everyone else's experience. One of my main favorite things to ask people uh, during dates is their bad experiences. And yeah. I've heard some outrageous ones. It's a learning lesson of mm-hmm. things not to do. But for yeah. me, it came easy because, you know, I always talk a lot, always want to try and fill the awkward silence in, in a conversation. <laughs> okay. And I'm always trying my best to make the person with me feel at ease for the most part. And, you know, for me, dating also is, you know, I never go out to date for, for dinner or, you know, or never. Or, or, it's a first date. It's never just dinner or activity. It's just, yeah. let's have a drink and let's talk. Yeah. Uh, whether it yeah. be coffee or alcohol. Alcohol more helps more than coffee does uh, for the conversation. <laughs> yeah. But coffee also is a good stimulant for a conversation, I feel like. But, you know, like we were talking about earlier about having a conversation, long-form conversation, right? You meet, totally. you talk, you warm up, and then boom, you crack the egg open and now you're in it. Yeah, actually, funny enough, I always, it's like become, as I've been like dating more often this last year or two, it's kind of a red flag when before you even meet, for example, if you meet on an app and the guy says, let's go to dinner right away, it's kind of a red flag because you know there's something like he's created some expectation. It's just the the stakes are too high. It's so much better when it's like, let's grab a coffee after work. Let's grab a coffee during like the middle of the day. It's so Mm -hmm. much better because then there are no like the expectations the level set is better there right there's an obligation there yeah, yeah there's an obligation just to sit through a meal with the person yeah, right totally. you speak over for example whether it be bumble hinge tinder you speak for a little bit you exchange some text and yep. for the most part my experience is pretty much ask a girl out as early as possible for her convenience right if, if the conversation goes well and then you meet for a drink yep. to see if you get along if I can't sit with you for 20 minutes and talk, <laughs> and how far are we really getting? Yeah. And pretty much, if it's 20 minutes, you're not into it, all right, your drink's over. Nice to meet you. Let's call it quits. We'll move on. I appreciate I don't waste that. your time. You don't waste yeah. mine. Now, we meet for dinner. Now, we're ordering, uh, you know, whatever <laughs> the fuck it is, appetizers, uh, entree, uh, dessert. Now, you're investing two hours of your time, and boom. Let me ask you a question. What's up? You like this person, right? You got a good vibe. Everything's mm-hmm. going well. The question comes out that is this one. What are you looking for? Mm-hmm. What do you say? My answer always is let's build on what we have and take it from there. Because the moment you say, what are you looking for? There are expectations and things become obligations. Yep. From my experience. Because yep. so so often you see people do things because they think they have to, yep. not because they want to. Well, we're dating, so I have to text him at this time. Well, we're dating, so I have to text him good morning or good night or, you know, 
contact him in the middle of the day or yeah. do this or do that. I said, no obligations. I said, no expectations. You want to text me for a whole day straight? Great. I'll text you right back. You want to leave me alone or you want to be left alone for four days, five days in a row and then talk for three days straight? Fine. I'm cool with that as well. The moment you say, I'm looking for this, I'm looking for that, I want to be married by the end of the year, I want to be married by the time I'm 34, I want to be, I want to have a kid by the time I'm 35, you start doing things yourself subconsciously to kind of work towards it. And I feel like that's where it fails. That's exactly right. I was going to say, like, what's at the bottom of people needing to get clarity right away? It's trauma, right? Yeah. Most of the time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Your past experiences play a big factor. Absolutely. It's validation. It's um, Mm -hmm. trauma. It's the notion that like, well, I don't want to get hurt. So I'm going to put up all of these boundaries. I'm going to create all of these things. I do think that though, it is very, I've, I've had this experience lately too, where um, I've had men text me even within the app that have said, what are you looking for? And my answer always is, I want to make a real connection with somebody and take it from there. That's it. That's what I want. And then the man in question will say, well, I'm looking for only casual. <laughs> And my response there is, I know myself. I know who I am. I either go deep with you or I don't go with you at all. So my answer there is like, well, I'm not interested in that. That's just like a recipe for heartbreak. Right. I believe it. Right. But some women will say they don't want a casual relationship. But when they're approached for just casual, they're like, no, absolutely not. Right. But then when you build off of what you just talked about, let's build a connection. Right. And then see where it goes. If it sticks to just casual, they're not okay with it. That's true because there it is. That's right there is exactly where the problem happens. That is exactly where the misunderstandings kind of happen between men and women. And I think you're right. And that happens all the time. And I do believe that it's because there has been a realization on the man's part that hasn't maybe been communicated properly a lot of times. Okay. Right. A man might have decided, well, I I tried this because generally men are actually a little more open than women. I've read in line with like biology and evolutionary psychology, women only, they like like 4% of the profiles they see online while men like 60% of them. Sounds about right. (laughs) Men are generally like, yeah, I'll try it. I'm open. I'll try it. Women are like, no, I don't like that one thing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be open to it. So I think the stakes are a little higher maybe for women. And so when it becomes clear to the man that, he's not interested in making a commitment to this woman and he's, he wants it to be more casual. That realization moment isn't communicated properly. Absolutely right. As a guy, like you said, pretty much a girl, women tend to, once again, I should, you know, full disclosure, I am no dating expert, right? Right. We're only just tell two you, people. Right. Yep. I can only tell you from my experiences. Which I women, love right now. Yeah, go ahead. Women tend to just, you know, pick profiles of dudes or date dudes that they potentially see a future with. Right. Most women. On the other hand, men are thinking, okay, well, this girl looks cute. I right. may not have a future with her. Right. But I may get to have sex with her. Right. At this point, what are you doing? You're playing a numbers game. You're going to expand your odds by swiping more or approaching more girls and talking to more girls to try to increase your odds of getting laid pretty much. Well, yep. a girl's thinking, well, I want to meet a guy, but I want to make sure that, you know, it's properly filtered. It's the right person, right. whether it be proper, proper height, proper look, proper personality, right. whatever it is. So you're a little right. more selective when it comes to that process. Right. We're more like, all right, 
eh, I can't see a future with you, but let's have some fun in the meantime. If I'm totally honest with you about what I want, you might go away. Which is a risk. Yeah. So let me be a little more vague about what I want. Maybe we'll stick around. If you don't, whatever, I tried. Exactly. That right there. That's the problem, I think, on the men's side, in my opinion, the lack of real honesty in those moments. Whereas on the women's side, I think women need to be a little more realistic and understanding about male DNA, like how men think, right? So for example, if we're talking about evolutionary psychology, this is something actually that I read in one of my evolutionary psychology books, but generally men feel this way. I would sleep with her, anyone really, unless there's a really specific reason I shouldn't, right? Mm -hmm. And women are generally saying, I definitely wouldn't sleep with him or anyone unless there's a specific reason that I should. This is based on the histories, the thousands and thousands of years of human evolution, where before the birth control pill, I mean, wouldn't you be picky if every time you had sex, you could get pregnant? Absolutely. Yeah. This is all like us as humans pretending like we're these like new age creatures with these like gadgets and everything's all modern, but we're the same humans we were a thousand years ago and we think Mm -hmm. the same. So we have to think about that. And I think women, it would serve women a lot more to understand that about men and to just kind of like not only accept it, but kind of embrace it and say like, okay, this is how it is. And this is how he is. This is how I am. So how am I going to be such that I don't create miscommunications or confusions? Absolutely. We can always do better, right? As, as men in general. And women yeah. can put their measures in place to filter out people that know that don't for a fact they can yeah. figure out what they want. Yeah. There's certain questions asked, certain dynamic, you know, kind of put together to make sure that, you know what, this is what I expect from this guy. And I'll do this, these things to make, make sure that this is what I'm going to get out of it. And once, totally. you know, she can verify that, you know what, he's for real. Let's go. Totally. And take it all from there. It seems like people feel like there's so much power in, in the, and that male like perspective of like, you know, I can just sleep around and do whatever I want. But really, the power lies with the woman, I think. She, she has the power to choose. Always. Absolutely. Always a guy will say yes, right? Right. And a girl has a choice of like, no. And almost right. always a girl will say no. Really? Is that your experience? In general, absolutely. It's everyone's experience. Right? Okay. Because yeah. as, as a guy, you can hit on 10 girls, right? Yeah. On an average, yeah. it, let's say before the Tinder, the Bumble, sure. or uh, the Hinge days, right? Before 2010, which is when that all started. About seven years ago, it, got, it was popularized, True. right? True. Because I was what, like 23, 24? Yeah, about 25, it became a little more, uh, what do you call it? Mainstream. Mainstream, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But before that, it was pretty much you go to a bar, right? Yeah. As yeah. a guy... You yeah. hit on maybe 30 girls a night, right? Yeah. And out of those 30, maybe like 10 talk to you. Yep. Right? Out of 10, maybe like four give you the phone numbers. <laughs> yep. And out of those four, maybe one or two text you back. And then out of those one or two, maybe one works out. That's true. And when you say one works out, it just means you've had a connection with one. Right. Whatever it can be. It can be just your relationship, dating, sex, either one. But out of those right. big numbers, you have a very right. small chance of it working out. But why right. so? Because that that one guy is hitting on 30 girls, right? right? But that one girl may have been already hit on by 30 guys. 
It makes sense why there's such a difficulty in uh, the way that men and women relate. And also, I think sexuality for women, it's so based on emotion and feeling safe and trusting mm-hmm. someone, right? So it's interesting because it does, it's not true for men, right? That's not, that's not how male biology is in regards to sex. Yeah, no. Because if you think about it, if you think about like the history of, of the world and how things went down, like a man would spread his seed, want to like populate. And also right. like a woman, when she would have a child, like she would need protection and the child would need protection. Mm-hmm. So she From would want male. to choose. She would want to choose the male that could offer that for her financially, emotionally, mm-hmm. like physically, all of it. Absolutely. That makes sense. And so I, I do think that it's interesting when women can kind of attach onto things, I think very quickly. Um, I've done this before in the past. I mean, I have definitely like wanted that sense of security and safety from someone that was not available to give that to me, you know? And that was very clear, but like, because it's so caught up in the emotional and the sexual, it's all so intertwined for female brain. That's where the heartbreak happens, you know? It's definitely something to like, understand and realize how different sex versus intimacy is. Yeah. One of the most common things I've ever heard from, uh, you know, most of my previous dates or, you know, people I've been with has been, you know, you make me feel safe and that's a big factor. And, you know, like even like when it comes to like having a girl at my place, initially, you know, the, one of the most common things you, you notice is they can't, you know, sleep properly at night. Or have a hard time adapting to sleeping in a new place. Interesting. And eventually when you start hearing, I feel safe here. You know, I feel safe with you. They fall yeah. asleep. No problem. <laughs> and I've learned oh. that, you know, pretty much why mm. do we, when we go somewhere new, we can't sleep. Because mm. internally, your defense mechanism mm. kicks in. And you know, you're like a survival instinct goes, you know what? I'm somewhere new. This can't be safe for mm. me. And I want to I be up all night, right? Same. Mm. I'm pretty sure that applies to women as well when it comes to a new place they're in or a new guy they're with. They're in a new yeah. place. They're in a new environment. They don't feel yeah. as safe as they should. And as soon yeah. as they feel safe, now they're secure. They can fall asleep properly. It may be yeah. a weird way to put it, but it's one of those things I Makes noticed sense. just so far in my life. Yeah, it's one of those things I always hear. Makes sense. You make me feel safe. And then even things as simple as sleeping become easier. Mm-hmm. Once you mm-hmm. feel safe and secure with somebody or in mm-hmm. their place, period. That's really beautiful and that makes a lot of sense on the female side and you know it's it's clear how evolutionary biology has carried us through this moment so i'm curious what do you think if sex and commitment are very separate for men what do you think and it's clear that for a woman to feel even sexually at ease or emotionally at ease she feels safe she feels like she can trust him these are important things for a woman to really just let go and be herself what are things that bond a man with a woman more than sexually? Like, what are those things that you, I guess, look for, that men look for in those processes of dating and getting to know someone new? I think that's changed a lot recently than the previous years, right? I mean, I grew up, I grew up in a much different culture. Um, I grew up in a third world country, and I grew up in a culture where pretty much you are raised to be a caretaker. Right. You're raised to go to school, Okay. You're raised to find a good job. Right. You're raised to find a good wife. Yep. And you're raised to pop kids out. And you're raised for the rest of your life to provide and care for these individuals, your wife and your kids and your parents when they get too old to take care of themselves. Yep. Some cultures may say, you know what? Your your drive is to find somebody to take care of and, you know, be with. 
and that okay. will do everything else you can't in your life. Okay. Uh, some might say, from what I'm seeing, some people are a little more codependent. Some people may need a, a like a, a solid structure to hold them up going forward. Okay. Some sure. people may want the financial security of uh, having like a partner who makes as money as much money as they do. Okay. So, and I'm speaking from friends I have all over the place. Okay. Me personally, um, I have no idea, <laughs> to be fairly okay. honest. Because, yeah. you know, I grew, up, I grew up in a third world country. And now I'm here like in a whole different dynamic in the last yeah. 18 years of my life. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, I was pretty much raised around my uncles and my older cousins. And pretty yeah. much they, they grew up. They went to school. You know, they got a job. They got married. Some of them were raised marriages. And now totally. they have a kid. And now they learned to love their wives, right? Because they didn't fall in love, right? Sure. They, they learned to love their wives as, as, as the relationship grew. And sure. now they're loving the kid and they're raising a kid together. Yeah. I'm here like, well, life here is pretty good. I get to date around. I get yeah. to live my life. I don't yeah. have any responsibilities besides myself and okay. my parents once in a while. Yeah. And that's pretty much my life. I travel a lot. Kind of, I guess it differs based off of culture, right? Because this is my look perspective on it. Someone that's raised here might tell you, you know what? I want this. I want a confident woman that will, you know, be a big part of my life and uplift me. Great. Some of my friends might say, I just want someone to be home and, you know, just be, watch the kids or <laughs> someone to just be home for, you know, take care of the house while I'm at work okay. all day long. Or you might have someone tell, you know what? I want a sugar mama. I want someone, <laughs> a rich, wealthy woman. To sure. work most of the time, and I'll just relax a little bit and focus on my art, or focus on my music, or focus on my hobbies. As you know, or be a stay-at-home dad. Matter of fact, and you can't knock any of those things. So that would be a gender, a bit of a role reversal, totally. Right. But I think okay. So like, take away the patterns, take away the social and the cultural programming because i've had quite a bit of cultural programming being from like mm -hmm. former soviet union and all of right. what that means but like take all of that away and just take a minute and like connect with yourself and just like spiritually you without all of that like what do you desire 31 year old man what do you desire right. um from a woman that you could potentially see yourself in a partnership with what do you desire from her mm, good question I'm pretty driven, right? I, I try yeah. myself to stay busy all the time. And yeah. I try my best to pretty much always go, 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 go. And yeah. in the meantime, with that in mind, I've still maintained relationships and I've still maintained dating. And the pattern I appreciate most is someone who's there for me, who wants me, but does not need me. Yeah. I believe that what I said earlier about you should be happy on your own and yeah. I should be happy on my own. Yeah. But we should be happier together. Yeah, exactly. Right? So if I'm your only source of happiness, we have a problem. Huge. You know, if you yeah. think, you know, your life is so messed up and I'll be your saving grace, that's no good. You have to be able to find the happiness within yourself first, you know, make your make your own life better. And then I will help improve that good life. But if you think I will improve your life, period. If I have my life collapse, guess what? You'll collapse with me. Yeah. Right? Because right. if I'm the only thing holding you up, when Absolutely. I fall apart, we're both yeah. screwed. But if right. you're held together and I'm held together, you fall apart, I can hold you up. If I fall apart, you can hold me up. Yeah. 
And that's pretty much, I want to say, would be the ideal situation for anyone to be in. Yeah, I agree. Especially myself. That's really great. That's really beautiful. I love that. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, you know, everyone has said this in many different ways over the history of time. Like, you, you can't really give the type of love that someone deserves unless you love yourself fully and you mm-hmm. make your life your own and you find joy as you. Yeah, I think what it would be for me would definitely be somebody that can compliment me in ways that I that I like, you know, can't even comprehend. It's just someone that is, uh, I think, different and complimentary in a contrary way. Someone, yeah, I think it's just driven, confident, but kind and gentle. And I think that's something that is always separated in our culture. When we think of men, we're just like, oh, he's confident. He's this like driven guy who is ambitious and like does his thing. And he's an asshole you know and we can't that's just like a cultural misconception or we have like the nice guy that like plays his guitar and maybe is the stay ho- stay at home dad and is like kind and gentle and says nice things to people you know right i think that's a big fallacy and so what i know exists and i've met men like this i think you yourself are like this is someone that's confident and ambitious yet kind and grounded and uh like respects the feminine and that's really important to me too someone that is just passionate about life, you know, and excited about the world and uh, just wants to, you know, embrace partnership and, and grow. And I think like people are so quick to say like, oh yeah, I'm so attracted to this person. We have this like epic love story, but it's about more than that, you know, cause that, that will last that like intense emotion and those intense feelings uh, last a year, two, three and then it shifts and it changes and mm-hmm. it's like building trust and he's like building blocks of like commitment. And like you said, holding that person up for their dreams, their passions, what they want to do and just, you know, being there and doing the same for the other. I agree. Like, you know, based on what, what I said earlier about, you know, we asked me about love, what I think of, you know, the whole thing about love and the theory about, you know, and the idea behind it. Again, yeah. the cultural thing, right? I said yeah. earlier about the fact that I had people growing up pretty much get married right yeah and they learn to love the person that they're with yeah they do you know it's not like you know they fell in love on the first meeting yeah. you know and <laughs> yeah you know growing up yeah. it was pretty much one of my one of my uncles yeah um, and it was great because you know they worked out they're a very happy couple they're one of my Good. you know it was one of my favorite uncles uh, i was there when they first met it was pretty much the family got together beforehand um okay. they talked they met now i'm not saying this is good for everybody i'm not okay. that's not that's not my case at all but it's one of those things where I believe that love is a is an action. It's not Agreed. a noun. It's not like something you fall in. It's something you do, right? Yeah. So fall in love, great. Now love that person. And mm-hmm. now at that point, it becomes a commitment, right? Yeah. You have chosen to love that yeah. person, which yeah. means you have a commitment. Yeah. And at this point, you have the obligation towards that person to love that person care for that person, protect that person, ensure their well-being going forward, right? Now, if you want to go into marriage and the whole social contract of the the marriage, all right, well, how long do you want to keep doing it? Well, for my culture, for the rest of your life. And if you're technically going by the the book and the law itself, right? What do they say? Till death do us apart? Yes. So if if that's your action uh, behind the the word love itself, all right, then you have pretty much made the obligation to love this person Till you yeah. fucking die yeah. or till that person dies. 
Yeah. Now, if we go back to falling in love, people who fall in love will also say, I fell out of love. Yeah, they do. So now what happens when you fall out of love? Are you getting divorced? Or are you working on it? Are you figuring it out? My parents had an arranged marriage almost 40 years ago now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't speak yeah. for their love, but I can tell you that they love us. They love the family. They love each other. I can't say if they're in love, but I know they love each other. It's an interesting thing. I know they love us. Of course. So I guess it depends on how you define love. Depends on how you define love. It's a really good point. I mean, I think only recently have we been marrying for love in human history, right? If you think about back then, it was contract, it was land, it was Mm -hmm. union, it was all these things. So here, we're marrying for love. Okay, great. What is love? No one knows. (laughs) No one can define it. No one can actually agree on it because love is different for different people. Why do people that are in abusive relationships stay? Because for them, that's what love was, right? They grew up in that scenario. They haven't healed through their own trauma. So they're perpetuating the cycles. So when you say like, okay, how do we measure love? How do we define love through action? So it's almost like my ideal scenario would be like, you're choosing this person. You're choosing this person to make a commitment with. So what does that mean? Maybe there's like, I love the saying like, a relationship isn't a thing that you have that you put on the shelf. It's this like constant living, breathing thing that you renegotiate. You negotiate, you renegotiate all the time. Yeah. That for me would be like an ideal or like, okay, if we're all marrying for love now, that's like the new world order, then everybody needs to be able to define it very well for themselves. Um, because like you said, arranged marriages work way better, <laughs> like statistically. On paper, yeah. It's an interesting conversation. I, I love it because it's getting us to start thinking about like what we want because, I mean, we all want to be loved, right? Some want to be loved. Some want to be taken care of. Some want to do the taking care of. And That's true. some just, you know, some are around. Some want to be alone. I don't think so. I think people that want to be alone are missing something. Okay. They're dealing with some internal turmoil that they haven't quite sorted out yet. So Could be. I think... Most people, you know, you'll find like I've I've talked to a lot of men before, and I and I've actually heard most men say to me things like, "Yeah, I want to be wanted. I don't want to be needed," and that's just like you said, and that's really mm-hmm. powerful. And then it goes into like a yeah, like you know, I I slept around for many years, for a decade or whatever, and then and then it just became clear like I just want to be loved for who I am and like for what I do and like all of these things. And so I found that. When men make commitments, they're very, very clear. And that's also, I think, why it takes men a little bit longer to make a commitment than women. Because they're actually like, they're in it for the long run. They're just like, right. what do you think about that? Do you think that's true? Like when men decide to go ahead and commit to a woman, like what's the process in their brain? I personally think actions speak louder than words. I've never been good at expressing myself about my emotions. Or One of the most common complaints I get was, I never know how you feel. I can't yeah. tell if you if you like me, if you care about me, mm. if you think about me. Think about um, me, yes. You know, I stay busy. I try, I try to keep myself active, but I always try yeah. my best to, you know, engage uh, with whoever I'm with. I'm going to say in the last couple of years or so, I've gotten much better at speaking louder with my actions than I have with my words. Yeah. My commitment shows through my actions, whether it be, you know, picking you up, 
whether it be getting you food, whether it be, you know, making sure you're okay, making sure, you know, you have what you need or dropping you off, off stuff or, you know, even yeah. giving you a ride to work or giving you a ride yeah. to the airport. And I mm. try my best to show my commitment and my, I don't want to say obligation, the things I feel like I, I want to do for you to show how yeah. much I care about you through my actions. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you that with words because I'm yeah. not the, the best at it. And most men yeah. aren't, I feel like. Uh, most guys Agreed. I feel like aren't the best I've been like hey I care about you so much I like you I love you blah 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 we're not gonna do it even me saying that now I feel sappy as fuck I'm with I get it yeah I don't know what it is about us that can't you know pull that part out but I feel like I personally feel like the things I do should be enough and that's my way of showing my commitment if, and if I don't make the effort fine call me out for it I'm like an effort that means if I like the effort I probably don't care about you me personally totally if I'm showing the effort I give a fuck. I care about you. I care about your well-being. And I'm going out of my way to make sure you're good. And that, to me, yeah. is commitment. To me, if I if I want to be with a person, or even whether it be, you know, short-term or long-term, even if it's short-term, I want to make sure you're good. Yeah. I want to make sure you're happy. I want to make sure you're not, you know, whether it be your, your anxiety, your hunger, your restlessness, your sleep at night. <laughs> I want to go out of my way to make sure you're good and you're safe. And that, to me, is showing how much you care about the person mm. and your commitment to that person. Mm. You can say, I love you all you want to a person. Mm. But what are you doing to let them know that, that they okay, well, that's great. You're telling me you love me, right? But sure. what are you doing to make sure that, you know, I'm loved? What are you doing to make sure I'm safe? What are you doing to make sure that I'm okay? Let me take a second because I think women hearing you have that, hearing that whole speech, I think will be very in awe of it. I think that's really beautiful. I think that it's even something I've read in all of my research, you know, around these topics of like the way that men bond with women is through their usefulness, through the way that right. they're able to show, mm -hmm. like through what they're able to do for her. And that's just a part of it. The masculine is a do being. The masculine wants to do, make things happen, move forward, get things done, all the checklists, all of those things. I think, um, that's just really nice. I'm like taking it in because it's like really nice what you just said. It's it's very real and it's very honest and makes a lot of sense. And for women listening, it's like, that's just it. Those are the answers. Those are the answers. If, if you don't feel effort, then he's not for you. Right. I feel like it's just who I am. I can't speak for every of man course. in the world. Of I course. can't speak for, you know, other people in general. But for myself, sure. my way of coping with anything is doing. And one of my prime yeah. examples was that when my grandfather died. He, he died about yeah. two years ago. And, uh, you know, mm. obviously it was a hard time for, for everyone. And my yeah. way of coping was, all right, well, he passed away. Everybody was upset, obviously. And how do I cope with it? I cope with it by setting up the funeral arrangements. You know, that yeah. was my way of dealing with the process itself. I can't sit there and cry about my grandfather dying. I can't sit there and worry about, oh, my God, what do I do now? Whatever. I just, all right, let me just took some time to myself, took a day to myself, and pretty much just, all right, this is my role. My family's upset. My mother's falling apart. My dad is there for my mother. My brothers are upset. And what can I do? What role can I play? Mm -hmm. I chose my role to be, all right, I'll be the guy who makes sure this guy is properly buried, properly, uh, what do you call it, um, cremated. Sure. And going forward, that's all my parents need. So my parents are very religious. And I wanted to make sure that for their sake, it's done properly and make sure they're good. And that's my way of coping. To make sure I'm there for people. I'm there for, you know, people that I, that I still care about. Yeah. And that they're good. Yeah. 
I think that makes sense. It's really powerful. And I do have to know, like, are there times in your life where you like allow yourself to just fall apart? In private, yeah. Yeah. Not in public. I fall apart almost every single day. Keep in mind, like, <laughs> I, I have a full-time job. I yeah. have a full-time business. Yeah. It, it can get to you. Because yeah. keep in mind, this week, I've had a about a 65-hour work week on my day job, right? Mm. And that's not mm-hmm. to worry about a full-time business that I'm running. I have a partner, a yeah. great partner. Vinny, he, he, he's there. Yeah. He, I love him. If, without him, I couldn't do this. You know, um, thanks yeah. to him, I can run the business. But yeah. it, it's still having a, a full-time job and have a full-time business being run. And it's like, you know, you either panic in your daytime job or you panic <laughs> in your nighttime job. And the nighttime yeah. job panic is, uh, my, my gym panic is 24-7. What will I do? Sure. How will I pay my bills if I don't do this, if I don't do that? And, you know, like I try my best. But then again, I try my best to put myself back together a yeah. short time later. I can't yeah. spend my whole time panicking, right? I may have a few panic moments like, okay, now, all right, I got a problem. How do I fix it? Makes sense. And that's all it's about. I speak to a lot of people and um, I try and listen and hearing more about anxiety and people being anxious and people having having panic and the main problem is never the anxiety itself the main problem is how do you deal with anxiety itself everyone gets anxious you know i get anxious you get anxious but it's never about are you anxious that's just almost always going to be yes it's more about all right you're anxious how do you deal with it how do you surpass it how do you come come you know how do you come up from it yeah and i've learned for myself to come up from it and adapt to it Mm. there's never a day i don't go by i'm like fuck if my business fails, I'm going to lose this much money. I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose that. I'm mm. going to worry about this debt, that debt. It's always in the back of my head. Mm. But mm. I can't let that ruin my life. Yeah. The, yeah. the the answer always is, okay, we have a problem. How yeah. do you try and fix it? And that also applies, at least to me, to a relationship with, with anybody. Yeah. Whether it yeah. be a loved one or whether you're dating. If you yeah. care about the person enough and you have issues in that relationship... The answer isn't break up. Answer is how do you fix it? Yeah. Now, if you try to fix it multiple times or even once or twice, okay, it's not fixable. Then part your ways. Hmm. If you don't try and fix it, guess what? You don't care enough. That makes sense. I really am with you on that. And I really think that's one of my favorite things about the masculine is that like the problem solving, the groundedness, like all of those um, linear focused problem solving ways and just ways to just like make things better. And I do think that's one of the most beautiful elements of masculinity for me is like, as a woman, like when I'm in the presence of someone that is strong and clear and very grounded in them, I feel super safe. And it's just so nice because it's their presence, like them focusing on me Mm -hmm. is incredible. Like it's incredibly powerful when, like you said, you have a million problems going on, you have things in the back of your mind, but you being able to compartmentalize that and just be here and now is really, really powerful. It makes me feel just like listened to, appreciated, grounded. It's, it's really nice. So thank you for that. And I'm curious for you, like, what is it that attracts you to the feminine? What are the things about the feminine that are interesting for you that you know that you could work on within yourself? Obviously, you know, everyone knows attraction is always based off of looks initially, right? And then it, it grows or hinders from there. Totally. Little things make a big difference. And my main thing for me is reciprocity. And I'll, I'll, I tell everyone this all the time that I will always make more effort than you will. 
because that's you know that's as as an individual that's who I am and as most males that's how it should be right because mm. there shouldn't be a point in your life where if you're the provider of the of the relationship and I don't mean financially I mean I whether it. it be you know whether it be as as a safety security whatever it is yep. um yep. as a male figure you are the dominant figure right people hate yep. to hear it I love it I think it's awesome yeah some people hate to hear it you know yeah you are yeah. the physically for the most part dominant person yeah with that in mind it should be that you always make more effort than your counterpart now now if it becomes to the point where it's 90 percent effort on your end right and 10 percent on the other end you have a problem yeah now if it's like 55 45 60 40 70 30 that's totally fine because that will level off eventually right to a certain point but if it's constantly 90 10 80 20 that's what i have a problem with if I'm making all the effort and there's zero on your part for long term, then we have a problem. The best thing ever I can I've experienced is you know what I've made the effort and I'm seeing you trying to make the same amount of effort, mm-hmm. or you make an effort close to what I'm making. Okay. okay, that is the best thing to ever see in anyone. To be fairly honest, because yeah. let's be honest, any friendship, any relationship takes effort. Yeah, right? absolutely. And it's always tiring. If it's one person doing the effort, making that making that effort over and over and over again, because even though some of us don't mind doing the loving, like you said, we all want to be loved. Of course. Right. Once in a while, you want to be loved. And how do you feel yeah. loved when the other part makes the effort towards you? Yeah. You have to be able to receive. You have to know how to receive Absolutely. love. Yes. Yeah. So if you're just grinding it out all the time, trying to make it work, you cannot be the only one trying to make it work. It has to be a two-way street to a certain mm-hmm. point. So I've heard like what you've said and like how you show effort, how you make the effort, all of the, the ways in which you are able to like provide and be that dominant role. So like what is it though that you want out of your partner? Like what are the, the ways in which you – I understand reciprocity of effort. That's clear. Mm-hmm. But like in regards to – characteristics or other elements of the relationship that you're not fulfilling, right? Like what are those complementary things that you're looking for? In what context? As in like as having a wife, having a having a mother yeah, and a child yeah. or having like, like a, a long-term goal? Like a, a long, like, see, I love that. Yeah. Like a, a serious relationship that could potentially become a wife. Someone I want to marry. Okay. Someone you want to marry. Yeah. One of the main things I'm going to, I want to say is like, you can't fall apart when I'm not around, you know, like for example, my main thing is actually it's funny because I'm not gonna go too much into details about you know about people I was seeing sure. or whatnot, and of it's course. more about the fact that if I'm seeing you, I never try to work it towards where you're totally dependent on me in the yeah. relationship, right? So I'm yeah. trying to make sure that you know what I'm gonna help you out as much as I can, but I want to have it built to a point where if one day you're like you know what I don't need you anymore, mm. I'll be like great. But you still want me around. Mm. Right? Mm. So I want you to be able to say, like, you know what? I don't need you in my life, but I want you around in my life. So I want you, mm-hmm. I want a build to the even though even though you're not there now currently, let's build towards a point where both of us are like, you know what? We're good on on our own, but mm-hmm. we still want each other on our life. We're self-dependent, yeah. we're independent, but we sure. choose to be codependent. Inter- so I think the word you're looking for is not independent, not codependent, but interdependent. Yes. There you go. Right? So yeah. if I'm gone, like, for example, if we're together for 10 fucking years, 20 fucking years, I get shot at work, I'm dead. You're good. 
You'll be sad about it, but guess what? You got life figured out because we help build that life together and you can live your life no problem. It shouldn't be to the point where, you know what, I'm gone, now your whole life is a mess. Totally. We should both have the confidence to pretty much live on our own without each other, but still build that together if we have to. Mm. Whether yeah. it be with kids, whether it be with a house, whether it be with, you know, whatever it is, if mm. it's just a relationship itself in general. And that's to Powerful. me, is one of the best things to kind of work towards, right? If you're not bettering each other, what are you really doing? Yeah, I agree. Together. I mean, I just love the way that you say things, um, just very to the point, like Thank direct. You. If I got shot at work, like a lot of people don't want to do that. They don't want to go there. They don't want to, they don't want to speak these realities, but they're all very real. And I think one of the biggest problems now, it's like you find men that have um, been with a woman for 20, 30 years, and then they they get divorced, for example, and it's actually the man who falls apart, right? Because he lost his whole social life. He lost his entire mm-hmm. like way of being. And you find that happens a lot in depression and suicide follows and all of these things. And it's because, like you said, there was like a miss, uh, an imbalance. There was a real codependent relationship there. And I think that's what you're saying. And I, and I think that's really, really powerful. Yeah, that's, that's the point. That's the one thing you reminded me of currently, because mm. I just, I remember reading about the fact that as it mm. grows and couples get older, yeah. it turns out that the man tends to be a lot more codependent on the woman than the other way mm. around, right? Mm-hmm. Because pretty mm. much when you hear about older couples, when the man dies first, the yeah. woman lives on much longer. Yeah. But when the pretty much the woman dies, yeah, the man's not taking around for much longer after True. she passes away. Oh, that's a whole other podcast, right? <laughs> the way that life cycles work. No, I think that's really powerful. And I think, like, just to to wrap this one up, I God, I loved what you said about all of the ways in which you feel connected to a woman is through being useful and the effort and the way that you know it's it's really about just like building a real connection and then seeing it go from there. And I think women. And men, you know, we all get to really look at ourselves whenever something is happening or something we don't like, or we have, we're feeling awkward or weird about a new connection. It's probably not right. And we, we hold on to things and we just like wonder why, why aren't they calling me back? Why did they ghost? Why did they do all these things? And, and, um, I think we could probably do two things. We could be better communicators up front Mm -hmm. and we could be better about looking at ourselves and saying, We're scared to ask. We're we're scared to ask, hey, what's the issue? Because we don't want to come off too needy or too desperate, right? Yeah. We come to a point where, you know what, like, why why is he not texting me? Why why is he ghosting me? Why why is this? Why is that? (laughs) Yeah, of course. I'm pretty sure if you ask, you'll get your answer. You'll get your answer. One thing, men or women, maybe men more so, people hate is confrontation. True. If you confront them, it's going to be all right. Like, what are we doing? And it's funny because <laughs> totally. I, used to, I used to date this girl. She she was a, a tech at, at a hospital and she pretty much was like every, like at least like once, like we did it for about three months, right? And um, it didn't last very long, but it was like, you know, within a week, all right, what are we doing? You know, a month later, all right, where are we at now? Within, uh, what do you call it? Within two and a half months later, all right, so, so, so what's going on here? <laughs> and I was like, all right, you know, we kind of yeah. figure it out as we went along. And she would be like, you know what, straight up. And I, I had to answer because it would be in a drive. Yeah. In the middle of the highway, I have nowhere to go. <laughs> she was she very would, smart. She would, she would tell me perfectly. I can't go anywhere. I can't get out of the car. I can't leave myself. So I'm like, you know what? You're a goddamn genius. And now I, I have it. to answer you. 
It's really good. I like her. I know. She's great. (laughs) It didn't work out, but she was great. Yeah. No, I love that. That's really good. You'll never regret the clarity and the honesty. That's great. No, it keeps you honest. It keeps you a little more, uh, you know, and, you know, it's a bit of a kick in the ass because we do take, we get comfortable and I get comfortable too. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm lazy. I don't got to say shit. And a girl like that will put you in check. You know what? Sick of your lane, buddy. Or, you know, there are people like me out there. You know what? I forgot. (laughs) You are right. And I appreciate that. That makes me so happy. Yeah. I think I was telling you about this before. Like I met uh, somebody like a couple months ago that was just like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. I am not looking to date anyone. I just want uh, a fun time. Um, Are you open to that? And it's just like, that's where as the woman, you get to just like not be mad about it, not be Mm -hmm. upset. This dude is being super honest and direct. It's your choice. Know yourself, know where you're at, and then say yes or no. And that's where the power lies. And it's it's really, really special because I think we can get really caught up in like, oh no, everyone's, you know, men are assholes, men are jerks, all they want is sex. But like, that's not true. Everyone wants love. That's what we've clearly discovered here. But in the process of that, desire is separate from commitment for men as they're growing towards that process. So like, sex is just more common for men to want up front, you know? Right. I think a big part of it uh, comes down to lack of, uh, I'm sorry, comes down to insecurity. You know, yeah. uh, it's because yeah. if you're confident yeah. in who you are, no matter what comes out of one interaction, you know, you know what? I'm good. Totally. I, I know where I stand. I know where my life is. I know where I'm in life. I know totally. how I look. I know how I feel. I know who yep. will want me. I'm not worried about it. Because either way, totally. whether it be a one night stand, if, totally. if you meet one guy one night, he ghosts you, he didn't call you back. Guess what? You have a thousand others that will <laughs> take you in a heartbeat. And which is sad because most most girls know this. Yeah. Right? Most girls know they're going to yeah. have guys approach them, no problem, and come after them. Yeah. But they still feel sad over one guy. It's like, so what's like, I can't splice apart that part of the, the issue. Maybe well, you can. I can. It's insecurity around maybe there were issues with dad. Maybe you weren't really loved the way that you needed to be loved so that you are looking for that from people that cannot give it to you. Right. It's like a, it's like a trauma. It's like a wound. So that's why that whole typical cliche of like, oh yeah, I'm always attracting unavailable guys. Well, yeah, because you're not available yourself because you're looking Mm -hmm. for people that are not available to become available to you, but that's impossible. You'll be looking for that for the, till the day you die. That makes sense. That's why those heartbreaks happen so fast. And so the moment that we can heal ourselves and we can just self-validate, like you said, like, I'm good. (laughs) I want you to be good. And that helps with like communication too. It's like, I don't want to, I'm going to ask the questions I want to ask. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to show up the way I show up. And if it doesn't flow, it doesn't flow. And I think that's just the truth for men and women. And that's how we are similar. Absolutely. At the end of the day, I feel like if both parties knew where they stand in life, right? Yeah. If both parties had the confidence to be like, you know what? I know who I am. I know what I can get. I know what I'm, you know, I I know what I'm worth. I know what I'm capable of. I know who I can draw. doesn't matter what happens to you. The worst thing in the world can happen to you, right? But you can still be like, you know what? I can overcome this. Yeah. I can get through it and I'll be a better person for it. Yeah. And it's funny because right before we uh, we started talking, someone called me about their issues and uh, what do you call it? Um, that they're having with the, with the female in their life, and you know okay. they got into they got into like a whole they were, they were dating for a while, 
and then it turned out that you know they weren't really um they had a little fall off and then they got together last minute over like a random bar uh what do you call it meetup not on purpose okay. accidentally and they okay. got together again they spilled their guts and now they're like what do i do and i had some responses and their response was i like your advice i was like well yeah my advice is i don't give a fuck you know what i mean like it's because like either way if it ends bad if it or it ends well you know where you stand mm. you, you know like your life is still great mm-hmm. if it doesn't work out it mm. might be it will still be great if it does work out right so what are you yeah. worried about that's it that's right there yeah so worry about your your own life if your life is good it can only get better right yeah. if your life is not good a bad thing yeah. can make it worse yeah Right. If your life is already good, a bad thing will only have so much of an impact. The, totally. All the good parts are still there. Totally makes sense. I love it. So be confident in who you are. And guess what? <laughs> it will all work out. Worry about yourself. Worry about your own, own level of uh, what do you call it? Self-confidence. And worry yeah. about loving yourself first. And, I'm, and I, I can always guarantee it will make dating better. It will make yeah. sex better. It will yeah. make friendships better. It will make your work yeah. better. I love it. I love this like wisdom, this like last minute wisdom coming from you. This is perfect. This is, I didn't even ask for it. You just like naturally like came out with it. I love it. It's exactly what the people needed to hear. Hope it helps. I'm so glad that we were able to talk about these things. I love that we kind of got into the differences between men and women and how men date versus how women date and men being able to understand that sex is connected to safety and security for women, whereas it's not that way for men. So women being able to kind of be secure in who they are and being able to make a choice from a powerful place. And knowing that the other thing we talked about that I love, that was a new thing for hopefully a lot of people listening is the usefulness, how men bond with women around um, the things that they do for them. Actions, speaking louder than words, you know? Is there anything that you have learned that's been new? Yeah, I mean, I'm always learning, you know? It yeah. takes me a while to process things in my head. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I yeah. definitely will think about what we talked about. And, okay, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful because, you know what? One thing I learned is I did not know I could talk so much about one subject. So I want to thank you it. for that. So I <laughs> appreciate welcome. you having me. And, you know, back to what I said. Actions always speak louder than words. So yeah. if what you do will show a lot more than what you say. And I, I live that. by I it. I think that's powerful. And I think everyone should do that. I think everyone should do that too. I think communication is number one. And why don't you tell the people where they can find you online or like at your gym? Any New Yorkers are listening? Give a little bit oh, of yeah, a that'd be moment great. about who you are. Some so, some like advertising for no. Oh yeah, it. please. Yeah. So I have a gym. It's called Coney Island Fitness. If you can't tell, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's Coney. He's really fit, guys. He's really fit. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> C-O-N-E-Y underscore island underscore fitness that's it on my personal ig i mean it's open it's i i don't nov nov that's it you know i can't say i'm an influencer i just i just talk a lot of shit it's the first time my shit talking has been recorded so you know i'm a little nervous <laughs> but here we I'm are so glad i popped your podcast cherry hey, i'm happy appreciate to be it. the one and um thanks for having me to to many more I right, you know what i'm excited about it I'm very happy we did this. Cheers. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time.